All of the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords. And for this segment, we're joined by Adam. Good morning. It's a Friday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some weeks are a little bit longer than others. Was it was it a bit slow for you? Uh, a little bit. There are just yeah. you know more added onto my schedule, and and yeah. that's fine. Um, but it does take yeah. a toll on you. Same for me. Yeah. Strange week. Strange. It's because you're returning from your vacation. I think that's it. I um, think, holiday hangover. Yeah, and that's just the normal cycle. It's going to take a few weeks for you to acclimate. Yeah. Oh, a few weeks around that long. <laughs> okay. For me, that's how it long oh, yeah? it takes. Yeah. I think that's the same for me as well. Yeah. <laughs> Never done in a week. It's always a few. <laughs> Slowly make Slowly. the trip. Transition. You sound perfectly fine, just for the record. Oh, thank you. All right, let's jump into <laughs> keyword news this morning. As always, hopefully clarifying some of these major headlines for you, starting with our first pick of the day. Typhoon Chantu. So the typhoon is approaching the southern coast of Korea, packing heavy rain and strong winds already on Jeju Island. Uh, mm. What's the latest? Yes, Jeju Island particularly is bracing for the impact of the storm. Uh, as of 5 a.m., the typhoon was about 70 kilometers away from the southern coast, traveling at 24 kilometers per hour. So it is relatively slow moving, mm-hmm. but it will uh, pick up pace as the day progresses. Now, typhoon advisories and warnings, of course, are in place for Jeju and some areas of Chala, South Kyeongsang and southwestern uh, and easterly regions as mm-hmm. well. Uh, the storm was said to be uh, at its nearest to Jeju sometime this morning, so mm-hmm. it won't actually be making landfall as such, but it will be very close. And so the effects of the typhoon will certainly, uh, the heavy rains and the strong winds will right. certainly have an impact. Before progressing to the right. southern part of the mainland peninsula, right? Right. And then it'll kind of go towards a, an easterly, dire- northeasterly mm-hmm. direction away mm-hmm. from the peninsula uh, sometime later today mm-hmm. uh, and it all as i said it was already brought heavy downpours mm-hmm. to the island of jeju uh, overwhelming draining and sewer systems they're also trapping cars on roads mm-hmm. and also uh, winds as strong as uprooting trees and street lights as well so it certainly is uh, quite uh, chaotic right. down there. So everyone is advised to stay indoors, right. stay clear of things like uprooted trees, street mm. lights, uh, lamps, posts yeah. and signs. Very dangerous indeed. Uh, uh, so it's best to avoid them, yeah. It seems that it was inevitable for changes to be made to flight schedules, right? Mm, that's right. Uh, a lot of uh, plane and ship operations have also uh, been uh, disrupted as well. There's uh, more than a dozen uh, operations that have to be uh, cancelled mm-hmm. or delayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the heavy rain is set to continue, unfortunately, uh, with the weather authorities predicting about 50 to 80 millimetres of precipitation per hour uh, this morning. Uh, Wind speeds are also forecast to clock 110 to 145 kilometres per hour, so very fast indeed. Mm. Now, the Jeju government has gone into emergency mode. That means activating civil servants and the Marine Corps as well to prepare for the storm. And they're also checking their uh, preparedness of it as well. The typhoon is forecast to pass 160 kilometers southwest of Busan at around 3 p.m. later today and also pick up speed as it moves towards Japan. Uh, Local governments of Busan and other southern regions have also been in emergency mode as well, checking their systems and preparedness for the storm. So those particularly tuning in from the coastal regions along the southeastern Mm. side of the peninsula and Chejdo Island, I think it's advisable to keep those weather updates handy throughout the day and into tomorrow as well. Certainly, yes. All right, turning our attention to our COVID-19 coverage, this is our second keyword of the day. Second chance. Uh, 
the way that sounds, right? <laughs> uh, people who are eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine but missed the chance to book a reservation the first time around, they'll have another opportunity come next month. Mm-hmm. Run us through the details. Yes, the KDCA says vaccinations for some 5 million people over the age of 18 who haven't received shots yet will run from October 1st to 16th. Now, reservations will open tomorrow uh, from 8 p.m. until the 30th at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. Now, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are the ones that will be offered. Uh, the government's initial vaccination plan was to put these people who either missed their chance or refused to make a reservation in the last vaccination group, so in the back of the queue, basically. Mm-hmm. But they decided to reopen reservations amid the continued fourth wave of the pandemic and also the growing risk of the Delta variant uh, and other spread before the Chusak holiday. Speaking of this holiday that technically mm. begins today for some people after yeah. work, uh, health authorities are bracing for a possible spike in cases during this family holiday. Mm. So what measures are in place to help such uh, resurgence? Right. Uh, they will enforce special quarantine measures and they include running COVID-19 testing clinics at high highway rest stops as well because a lot of people will be Mm. taking to the roads that will happen for two weeks through Mm. September 26th Uh, more than 524 hour public emergency clinics will also uh, keep Mm. running nationwide and none of them will be closing Uh, some testing sites will also be operational as usual as well so people can get tested when they feel uh, they need to Mm. Uh, and details of which sites will be open are available online uh, through your various portal and search engines or by calling relevant health hotlines such as uh, mm. the 120 or 129 uh, hotlines as well. You've been covering the story for quite I know. some time. <laughs> it, it was, I'm remembering the phone it, numbers. It's almost pre-recorded. Yeah. Good 1339 job, 1339 as well is another one. <laughs> All right, yeah. keep those numbers in mind. Yes. On to our third keyword of the day. Universal pandemic relief. Uh, moving on to the issue of relief funds. The central government last week began to provide such funds to people in the bottom 88% of the income bracket. There was a lot of discrepancies and confusion over it too. However, many do agree that mm. it was helpful for those who received it. Now, some local governments are starting to offer their own mm. universal pandemic relief funds to all residents. It seems that more is required and asked mm. of. What's the latest? Yeah, the central government started giving out these relief payments worth 250000 per person earlier mm. This month, mm. uh, that was, as you said, to the bottom 88 percent. Mm. Uh, but the Kyungi Province Council has decided to pay the same amount to even the top 12 percent income earners in the area. Now, nearly 30 other local governments and district governments are doing the same thing as well. Mm. Uh, in South Chungcheong Province, uh, six out of its 15 cities and country uh, counties, rather, have so far decided to adopt the universal disaster relief policy. The same is being done in six out of its 18 cities. Cities and counties in Kangwon province. Taron County, uh, though, plans to offer 200,000 won per residence, uh, while five other counties and cities will stick to the handout of 250,000 won per person. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hongcheon County said it will go one step further, however, and offer 200,000 won each to all residents in addition to the central government's handout. So mm-hmm. that's a total of 450,000 won. Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Cholla province, 15 out of its 22 cities and counties uh, plan to offer gifts certificates worth 100,001 to 250,001 to all residents. That also is separate from the central government's relief funds. I'm not seeing Seoul City on this list. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> not yet. Anyway, we'll see. All right. Uh, take note of it if you're tuning in for those regions. Moving on to our fourth keyword of the say. 
State aid. If I can say day. <laughs> Staying with the topic of government support, the Moon administration is expanding its assistance to families with more than one child, of course, to address the country's low birth rate, mm-hmm. it seems. What's the latest? Yeah, so the lower limit for so-called multi-children households eligible for government support is said to be expanded to include families raising two children from the current three. Mm. Uh, this is part of a five-year plan, as you say, to resolve the country's chronic low birth rate uh, problem, which has actually hit another record low recently. Uh, incentives include educational, childcare and housing assistance for these families. Uh, for example, tuition fees for a second child will be free. Mm. Multi-child families will also be eligible to receive state assistance in housing and rental disp- uh, deposits. Mm. Uh, that issue altogether in uh, housing and providing mm. housing mm. is uh, another issue that we can go on for a long time. But mm. uh, that is part of the incentives. They mm. will also uh, benefit from discounted train tickets to include SRT rail services as well as the uh, current KTX services. Because, uh, as you know, I mean, these uh, more faster bullet trains are Mm. more pricey. Yeah, that's right. So uh, discounts for them is, Mm. of course, welcome. Mm. And other discounts for parking uh, Mm. and cultural facilities will also be expanded as well. So Mm. these families can have more outings if they wish. All right. On to our fifth keyword of the day. Rapid emission cuts. So turning to the issue of climate change now, the head of the UN is urging governments to significantly cut down on emissions. It is with a sense of urgency. What Mm. did he have to say? Yes, Antonio Guterres warned that the world is what he called out of time to act on climate change and the consequences will be catastrophic, in his words, unless there are immediate large-scale reductions in greenhouse gases. Therefore, he called for immediate, rapid and large-scale cuts in greenhouse gas emissions to curb global warming mm-hmm. and now the US chief uh, UN chief rather warned that without these cuts the world will be unable to limit global heating to one and a half degrees Celsius as agreed in the 2015 Paris Climate Accord of course. Uh, he was speaking uh, at the launch of a UN report in fact which warns that emissions have bounced back uh, after the temporary decline last year that was mostly caused by the pandemic right I mean uh, factories lot- were shut down yes. for a prolonged period yeah. people were driving around less air travel was exactly. really halted but now that all that is kind of operating mm. not full scale but making its way yeah. back to its well level before the pandemic exactly yeah uh, and Guterres did cite recent extreme weather for mm. such a call uh, citing uh, the weather phenomenon such as Hurricane Ida in the United States to floods in Western Europe uh, as well as the deadly heat wave in the Pacific Northwest as well mm. I think this summer in Korea was particularly hot as well I don't think right. it was record breaking but it certainly felt like it right um, and Guterres urged governments to put forward more ambitious plans for cutting emissions by the upcoming UN Climate Summit in Glasgow. That's scheduled to happen within this mm. calendar year. Yes. And so I, I think each country will draw up their own plans. Mm. That seems reasonable and realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it does unfortunately take time for us to transition into, I don't know, sourcing cleaner energy. And mm. we can't ask for-profit companies to bear all of the burden. Mm. However, it does kind of sound like the repeated same message. The message yeah, has been clear been for quite some time. For years, hasn't it? Yeah. All right. Will we act faster? That is the question that will be answered at the UN Climate Summit in Glasgow this mm. year. On to our last keyword of the day. 
Bitcoin protests. So looking at the situation in El Salvador now, the country's move to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender has sparked protests in the country. In fact, mm. since day one, Bitcoin was uh, legitimized as a viable currency in the mm. country. I think questions about whether this deepens uh, the already uh, prevalent wealth gap. Mm. It, does it make it worse or does it help the matter? I mean, questions still need to be answered. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons uh, yeah. for these protests. It's not just with the Bitcoin, but also uh, with the president's mm. uh, moves and his kind of kind of grip on power as well. So mm. I think mm. this move to go to Bitcoin right, as legal right. tender has certainly uh, sparked these protests. And thousands of people did uh, gather in the capital of El Salvador to mm. uh, ad- uh, protest the adoption of Bitcoin as legal tender. Mm. Uh, now, uh, El Salvador officially adopted Bitcoin as legal tender last week, mm. and it was the first country to do so. Uh, officials also rolled out what's called Chivo, a state-sponsored Bitcoin wallet. But that system has been marred by system bugs since its adoption. It's been offline uh, mm. for several uh, times as well. So it's not even a smooth transition? Not a smooth transition at all. Uh, on Wednesday, protesters marched in Sal Salvador carrying signs that read, we were defrauded by Bitcoin and no to dictatorship. Mm. Now, the protesters mm-hmm. were largely peaceful, according to uh, news reports, though some vandalized newly installed Chivo ATMs, uh, which handle Bitcoin transactions. One of them was actually set on fire as well. Not this not sound peaceful. It but, does not, but right. uh, there were some instances of that vandalism going mm, on. Mm. Uh, now, the Bitcoin law, as it's being called, which was passed in June, makes the cryptocurrency legal tender in the country alongside the US dollar. Mm. Now, supporters say it could give the country more economic autonomy and lower the cost of remittance payments, which mm. make up about 24% of El Salvador's GDP. That's according to World Bank data. Which is why the central government, El Salvador, decided to invest their own right. money, tax money, mm. into Bitcoin, right? But of course, as we all know with Bitcoin, the move does come with risks in part or due to the uh, volatility mm-hmm. of Bitcoin. It is a very fluctuating uh, cryptocurrency. And actually on September 7th, that was the first day of El Salvador's rollouts, Bitcoin's value actually plunged more than 10% in the morning, though it did recover as the day continued, as we see a lot uh, this pattern of this pattern uh, with cryptocurrency will drop by 10-20%, but of course recuperate that amount. Uh, during mm. the day. And of course, uh, another reason for the protest is that cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin can be used for uh, illegal processes like the money laundering. Market. Yeah, I'm not making any allegations here, but right. uh, it is mostly used for, uh, not mostly, but can be used for corruption and money laundering and Ill- illicit activities as well. So there are some risks involved there. So if there are not enough maybe watchdogs to take care of right. the possibility of being mm. used in, in falling in the hands of the wrong person, yeah. uh, maybe there, the growing criticism does absolutely make sense. Exactly. Thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. One of our listeners chimed in saying mm. that, are you not happy to be at your jobs? I love being at my job. I love being at my job. Yeah. I, I do too, just for yeah. the record. Do we, <laughs> I think we need to make more of an effort to <laughs> sound as if we're enjoying it. I, I am enjoying it. You know, the thing is, we power through an entire week, do we not? It's just the time of morning. That's what it is. Fair point. <laughs> May you sleep in tomorrow. I'll see you back you here too. next Tuesday. <laughs> see you next Tuesday. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.